0: Hello, people back with the middlemen podcast happy new year 2022 i can't believe it's 2022 i can't believe old man we're 19 days into 2022 (laughs) but happy new year max good to be back happy new year to you yes thank you how was it was good
1: yeah mate great holidays uh really fun to be fair i just had to be it's it's a weird one though because it was like you know uni students if you're listening to this you'll understand how it gets like deadlines just come proper late and then you're like, I'm not really gonna have any holidays, so um, let's just let's just leave it at uh, I, I worked hard, but I played hard. Work hard, play maybe harder. Played harder as well. Uh, good stuff. <laughs> coming up to New Year's, but yeah, no, no, it was an enjoyable time, man.
0: Good stuff. Good stuff. But, yeah, you're you're right with with uni deadlines. They are pretty hard at this time of year. They get uh, yeah, they 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 get a bit stupid to be fair. But we got January now.
1: Nice, nice, nice time. Nice little window in January for uni students. No yeah, uni. Until like the later of the month, and then you can just kind of chill out, record, record podcast, record
0: podcast. January transfer window, (laughs) perfect stuff. Um, Well, listen, twenty twenty two is going to be massive for boxing. Let's start with a fight you're really excited about—the rumored super featherweight blockbuster Mm. between the WBC champion Oscar Valdez and the WBO champion Shakur Stevenson. And I say rumored because it will happen, but it's just when. Now, boxing journalist Dan Raphael, who who's the Fabrizio Romano of boxing, facts, if you like. He, he says the fight will likely go down on the 30th of April, the same day Zone have planned to put up Katie Taylor versus Serrano, which mm. um, is odd. Uh, I think this is where boxing goes up against boxing a little bit. I'm sure there'll be a different times. So not sure about it. But anyway, uh, Valdez versus Stevenson. It's like you said on Instagram, Max. Uh, it's a knockout artist. And Valdez up against the high potential hyper train uh, in Stevenson. Both men are undefeated. Valdez, the Mexican, comes into the bout off the back of a title defence, the title he won from Miguel uh, Burchelt last year. What a knockout that was. Go watch it if you haven't seen it. Uh, And Stevenson, I was was thinking about this, just doing some prep for the podcast, and I remember one of my first ever articles for Boxing Guru, who Max and I used to write for, was on Shaka Stevenson. And it was on his defence of the WBO World Featherweight title against Colombia's Miguel Mariaga. Now, what was special about that fight? Um It didn't happen. Oh. It's what's special about that fight. <laughs> so to so you, you don't remember it because it never happened. Mm. It was the first, I think. It was apart from the the Olympic qualifiers that we were at. I think that was the first proper big bout to be called off because of COVID. Um, so I was, I was quite annoyed because I'd done a really nice article on yeah, it. and yeah, It was put
1: all that time and effort into something completely
0: that made redundant. Exactly. Um, but but I remember at the time writing about Stevenson and people were saying this was March 2020 he, he was going to go on and be the next Floyd Mayweather and yep. the hype hasn't gone away it's still there if you're looking I think you're looking at a future four weight world champion here I, yeah. I really do so the only thing for Stevenson for me is that Covid took away the Michael uh, Conlon fight uh, who Lee Woods fighting yeah. we'll be talking a lot more about that in, in the coming weeks um, there could have been a unification about with Josh Warrington that didn't happen because of Covid actually I think that's a fight everyone would have loved to have seen yeah. Um, but there we are we, we've, we have got Shakur Stevenson versus Oscar Valdez what a way to kick off 2022 first off who wins the both, they were both world champions in the division below so who loses their perfect record I think you're only best, best
1: way to, to do predictions yeah and you can never go wrong right even if your prediction is wrong <laughs> you can never go wrong by saying you're only as good as your last fight and I think Stevenson's was career defining this is his last fight is when I fully believed in him Cause I was like I like do you know what I mean he's he's gone up he's gone up the rankings and, and and beaten who you need to beat to to get to the titles but there's no one big yet that is making me believe in him that if he is put up against a test that he can overcome it Jamal Heron was everything was the exact kind of boxer that I needed to see Stevenson face for me to actually get a good judgment on him um and Stevenson you know uh people people like to talk about the, the ref stoppage saying it's a bit early I like the stoppage I think Stevenson done everything put, like, like perfect fight perfect fight Valdez's wasn't and a lot of people were saying that in he his lost. last
0: fight he should have lost
1: yeah he, he should have lost robson
0: so. Conseil, wasn't it yeah hmm.
1: um, so it was do you know what I mean L- looking at both of them Stevenson looks like he's just he, like every fight he's just getting better and better and you were saying there about his uh about his hype like it hasn't gone away it's only just it's just building more and more and now I'm now I'm buying into it and um, I fully think he can overcome he can overcome Oscar Valdez here he just has to I think he knows what to do especially with uh, fighters like Valdez as well like he, he'll be cautious he'll respect the power but then he he'll also come forward and he, he'll land his shots and he's just slick he's a slick worker he's he's a uh, really good operator Shakur Stevenson he's everything I like in a boxer because um, I like when I used to box that was the kind of style that I would always try and go mm. for you know like slick footwork counter punching like distance from range like shots from range outside inside he's I, I think he can really as you said he has the potential to be a four I, I think even five weight five weight world champion if he if he sticks to his grind Do you know what I mean we, we say a lot of things people have probably said that about Ryan Garcia before but then you know things things happen Um but if he stays with the work rate his activity and his dedication now until the end of his career I think he can go on to do crazy things and uh, I think you know his fight against Oscar
0: Valdez is just a, just a chapter in that in his success story you say all of that and it just makes me feel like this is the fight the boxing needs like boxing needs an exciting and this is one for the hardcore. so I don't think you go around the general yeah, population. I,
1: I, definitely, he's, he's, he's not he's not the biggest name in it, and it, especially it's a problem you get with the lower weights as well. People know, you know, Lomachenko in in the lower weights, um, British, uh, British uh, casual. I, I don't like to. I feel like casual has too many negative associations with it now. Uh, using that word, but like, but like fans that aren't hardcore hmm. uh, will know like Warrenton and you like British ones, uh, for which is understandable to be fair. Yeah, 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 for sure. um but and I think you know maybe maybe casuals in um, America will know will have heard of Stevenson. But this this is what he needs to be doing. It boosts, to be heard it boosts by boxing
0: as well. Yeah. I think the whole sport. I don't think it's just good for those two. Yeah. I think I think for the whole sport, this fight is fantastic. Especially if there is a big knockout or uh, there's, I don't think there can be an upset either way. I mean, who who do you think is number one? Who's number two? Oscar's number one cuz he beat birchell or, or is Stevenson number 1 because of his raw talent.
1: It is it is hard, isn't it? Like people are, I think people are going to want to go with Stevenson, but then you just can't you just can't write Valdez off. You see what he can produce and you know how good of a fighter he is as well and he's he's always going to that's what I love about Mexican <laughs> fighters, bro. They just, they just they're <laughs> just crazy aren't they? Like they they love it. Um and that's that's going to that's going to definitely make him a problem. We'll see we'll see how well he can take Stevenson's shots as well. Um, and if he can do that, then Stevenson is in for a tough night because he'll just like you. You see, you see it with um, you know Canelo. If he knows he can take a, a boxer's punch and he'll just keep moving forward, then the boxer won't know what to do. So Stevenson needs to have a plan A, plan A for if he lands his shots and he damages his opponent, and a plan B for if they don't. So whoever, whoever has a, a backup plan that will work, I think can win the fight. Um, but it's definitely. Definitely a, a good fight for boxing. Um, these are the fights that people want, and they like in the in the previous years, people would want fights like these. I'd I'd look at the state of a super featherweight division and say, "Ah, oh, these two champions should fight." But we never used to get them, and now I think off the back of a really successful year of boxing last year, in terms of putting. Of fights people want to see together i think that like boxing's just building on that now and, and they're putting together more it's a unification fight isn't it yeah. so so they're they're trying to unify the division more and i think that's just that's exactly the direction it needs to be going if For it sh- wants to still like if it if it if boxing wants to be still be the best combat sport in the world then that's this is what it needs to be doing
0: i agree but surely i I'm, I'm and i'm really happy that the big fights are happening but surely taylor Serrano can't be on the same day that that's what yeah. i mean if you've it's like putting man city liverpool on versus chelsea and uh, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> like, who else i was i was going to say spurs but i thought like that's being way too kind to spurs some, yeah some
1: some european so, big, yeah like, it's european like team.
0: putting you know, two massive football football games on mm. on the same day i, I know you're going to have different kick-off times but still it's I, I i don't know maybe maybe that's just me being pedantic
1: it, it, no nah, I, I get you though it is like Obviously, I'm not saying that the Champions League final is the same as Valdez-Stevenson. Obviously, there'll be way more numbers because it's football. But in terms of importance of things in the sport, like say you've got a Champions League final and the last game of a Prem season title decider on at the same time, like, people aren't going to know what to do. Mm. Um, but I know what British fans will do. Obviously, if Katie Taylor's fighting, um, they're, they're going to go and watch her, That's especially when, when Valdez and Stevenson think that's going to be more of an American one but then Serrano is probably all right if maybe on par with Clarissa Shields maybe just a bit a bit smaller profile in terms of um women's boxing than Clarissa Shields but a lot of American fighters are are going to want to watch her as well so um it's going to be a tough one all I know is that Taylor Serrano is the fight of both of both women's career yeah both women's career I've been saying for too long that Taylor you know, Eddie Hearn talks all the game about her. Obviously, we know how talented she is, um, but we haven't seen her fight in her last fight night,
0: no. against an older opponent. Mm. I, I remember watching it, thinking Taylor looks. She looked a little bit on the ropes at little points. A
1: little bit, yeah, yeah, a little bit kind of off par. Um, little, like, kind of a lot more average than than we've seen her in in previous fights, definitely. Um, so she, but I think I think she's one of them fighters that she kind of lacked a little because she knew that the opponent you know it wasn't a big occasion but now with the Serrano fight I think she'll step up you know train her, train her ass off for it and um, and just try and try and give the best performance of career of her career but that is just huge for women's box and I can't emphasise how big that is that fight had to happen um, if they want to say like what what proper like women's world number one outside of Clarissa Shields there is is out of those two so it's so good that it's put together but as you said little counterproductive that um it's on at the same time as Stevenson Valdez it's a, it's just frustrating
0: it it is massive for women's boxing like you said and uh, yeah it is counterproductive but i was just going i was just going to say i really enjoy and i am pleased with the way women's boxing is going we're going to mention Lauren Price a little bit later mm. after we talk about Fraser Clark but it's going down the right path finally Valdez uh, Stevenson there's the only thing i don't want to behind hide behind uh, and this is a fight that can help promote the sport that's what we said you know 10 minutes ago but the only thing I think that can tarnish it and we don't we shouldn't forget that Oscars failed a drug test last September and that was ahead of the, uh, the Consejo fight mm. uh, a fight that again we said arguably most people thought uh, Conceo should have won <sighs> Valdez and, and there's no shame in that by the way that, that uh, Valdez almost lost that fight because because is a very good fighter yeah. with an excellent amateur record yeah. um, but for me this is a fight for the diehard fans we've all been waiting for it but let's not shy away from the drug issue here I don't think you can just that shouldn't for me that fight should never have gone ahead I know it was under a different board but I, I don't think you can just brush past that for Oscar yeah
1: no agreed um, it's it's going to be something now whatever just kind of like like it is with uh, Canelo like whatever he goes on to achieve now he's always going to that's always going to get brought up by fans they're always going to say you know but remember when you did this that wasn't good was it and that's always going to bring him down a peg or two even say he beats stevenson say he becomes undisputed super featherweight champion people are not going to say people are going to say yeah are not going to forget you, that yeah like we're not going to forget how you juiced and you were probably juicing for fights that you weren't uh, <laughs> do you know what i mean it's 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 a tough one like that it doesn't as you said it doesn't go away it won't go away um i, I can i can look past it because I feel like it's been resolved but when you're actually looking at Valdez's whole career now that is going to be something yeah, it's it's definitely tarnished it
0: well anyway well yeah it has tarnished it Um, but 30th of April for that one Mm. Shaka Stevenson Oscar Valdez Uh, we'll we'll talk about nearer the time but huge huge fight a bit closer to home and for me this is a fight I I begged BBC Radio Derby to cover (laughs) and I'm not sure if I'll get it but our boy the 2020 bronze medalist the former Team GB heavyweight Fraser Clark makes his professional debut on the 19th of February. It's going to be a big night in Manchester. And a few it's only a month ago, actually, since Fraser signed with Boxer, Sky Sports, and Ben Shalom. He's also with Anthony Joshua's management label, 258MGT. Yeah. He'll be fighting on the Amir Khan brick fight, which we've also spoken about in other episodes, to so go back and listen. So he'll be fighting on the undercard of that. For me, I've got to be honest, at the Olympics with Fraser, I've said this to you before, I wasn't particularly impressed with him just just because I, in case you don't remember for those listening um, Francis Morad Aliyev was disqualified in the quarterfinal because uh, of his headbutting antics so he he kind of had that free pass to the semi-final and then he got the cut in the semi-final against the guy from Uzbekistan um, Jalalov um, yeah. so who has an excellent amateur record as well yeah, so I don't know about his Olympic performances that they do not really convince me saying that you have to be the very best of the very best to be with Team GB yeah. um, and I know how hard Fraser's worked in Loughborough and he's represented their country not, no, you have to be special to do that this fight for Fraser coming up on the 19th of Feb it will be career defining it's career defining because if he loses it's all over before it's already started yeah, if yeah. he wins then he's on his path they, they've got this five year plan in place to become a world champion in five years, how do you think he'll do? It's hard to say when you you're just coming from. He's thirty years old and he's he's only making his way through now. Yeah.
1: How do you yeah. see it? Um, that's the thing. That's the thing with Olympic boxers in it? they step in, they step in late They they can accomplish big things in the amateur amateur setup, but staying and waiting to accomplish those big things is going to mean that you go into the pros later but i mean with the confidence that Fraser has right now you know i just so I, high i watch him on socials and i see the way he conducts himself like you can tell he's he's just ready to step in and and just try and do his do his very best to take this heavyweight scene by storm um and that's that's what he needs to do come in with immediate effect be convincing in his performances i know you said in the olympics i feel like he was kind of unlucky that he didn't get to show off um how how well he could perform in the olympics but I kind of I I feel like everything happens for a reason. Do you know what I mean? He's trained so hard to get there, um, and it was just a I guess it was kind of an unfortunate series of events the mm. way he, he, he got it. But I, I still believe he does he did deserve that bronze medal. Um, there's there's no denying that.
0: I said, there's no denying the work that he put in and, yeah. and that he deserves to be where he is today because that man. And we've spoken to him on the podcast, and you go back and listen the, the grind that man has put in over the amount of years he's been with several, this sport several years yeah. uh, it's you, you take your hat off to him yeah, a, sure. and he hasn't given up and that's the okay you can make the argument that he's late coming into the game but you mm. can you have to admire his his work ethic and his belief and it's not his enthusiasm for the sport and his determination it's not gone it's still there and it's, and, I,
1: feel, I feel like it's even gone like just built up now because he's, he's signed on he's signed into the pros
0: he's bounced off his off his doubters yeah definitely he's used that to fuel him yeah and he's now in a position where he's making his debut on a massive card Ami yeah, Khan-Kelbrook that everyone's going to be watching anyway and I think I, th- I think it's good for Ami Khan and for Kelbrook that mm. you've got Fraser on the undercard because yeah,
1: it's, it's, it's going to be one that kind of draws eyes to the card mm. early as well obviously everyone's going to be there for the main event but Putting someone on like like uh, Clark, then like everyone obviously that that pays attention to the Olympics pays attention to uh, amateur boxing, they're gonna realise and they to be like, oh, that's great. Like same with um, uh, the Liam Beefy Smith and Anthony Fowler fight. Uh, they put Pete McGrail on in the on the undercard. That's like that's I I love that I love, it. Guess the I love seeing that yeah because it got me excited for the for the undercard then obviously already excited for it. I'm excited to see any boxing but um it you know it it, it kind of gets you going a bit more before the main event so it's good that um that guy doing it that way and I think February in that sense just a massive massive fight for uh, a, ma- a massive month for boxing you see like the boxers that are, are fighting that month it's is huge so um, be really exciting you know it's literally only a month away so um, yeah I'm 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 really looking forward to watching him debut and just watching his journey from now into the pros as I said I think he needs to do it with immediate effect come in win convincingly against against big names as soon as he can get them I don't think they're going
0: to give him someone who he can't beat
1: yeah for a while for, uh, for like a year or two maybe because
0: you've got, you've got to be thinking depends yeah.
1: how active you are isn't it like if he's yeah. got two if he's fighting, like, twice a year, then they're not going to give him a 50-50 fight until, like, two or three years. But but this is the thing with Olympians as well. You see it with, like, pretty much every Olympian that comes through, especially every medalist. They only take some between, like, five to ten fights to start actually attracting the big names. Because if they're fighting well and they're fighting... Well, like, they've had the platform already. Yeah, exactly. Then they get fast-tracked. And remember we were speaking to um, Galalia Yafai last year. Um... <clears throat> Gold medalist, by the way. <laughs> no, well done, NBA, uh, I think an uh, NBA as well. Yeah, yeah. Literally the man. Um, he was saying like, that's that's his expectations when he goes pro, which he has done now as well, I believe. Or he's like, he's like. Told people that he wants to go pro and he's going to be making those moves soon if he hasn't already. Um, he was saying that's that's his expectations. He's like, I'm going to do well in the Olympics and then I'm going to get fast tracked to a world title when I step in the pros because that's like nothing less than what I deserve. And I'm like, It do does, you know, but enough, he's not, he's not do wrong.
0: That. They do, I think amateur boxers often don't get the respect they deserve. Mm. Whereas a lot of people are comparing uh Fraser to. Uh, Joe Joyce. I literally
1: haven't kept uh, my ear to this story. I only like saw it when it was going on, but I think he might even uh, his his performances in the Olympics. You know how it went with um, Tony Yoka mm. in the in final. I think that's getting overturned, isn't it? And I don't know if he's got it yet, but I think he, he they might be getting him the the gold medal for the uh, Rio twenty sixteen. So I think both of them, both boxers, that I think is a great it's, it's a great comparison, and if Fraser Clark can get up there early enough, yeah. Um, start winning fights straight away and has and is active enough Joyce versus Fraser Clark they've fought already haven't they we need to run that back in the pros <laughs> i need to see too. that again
0: i I'd, I'd love to see that yeah, uh, well there's a five year plan for fraser for fraser in place mm. and at the end of the five year plan ben Shalom's come out and said fraser will be a world champion he will be i, I rate so, the confidence i rate the confidence but whether he's going to be the next anthony joshua i it's a stretch we'll We'll
1: see see. do you know what I mean as a promoter you've got to be telling people that you've got to be trying to get as many people as possible to believe that you know this guy that's just signed on with you has just had a great amateur career and he's now going into the pros you want to make him the next big thing that's exactly what Eddie Hearn did with Anthony Joshua when he came through that's exactly what Ben Shalom's going to do with Fraser Clark, and and that's that's their job as promoters Mm. and now it's up to the boxers to make sure that what the promoters are saying is spot on that it
0: happens yeah well someone who's also local to us in derby and who's also wanting to to get to that next level to to be fast-tracked into the big mma scene mm. alan baron yes. polish bantamweight he's a champion he's training in derby and you've been busy you spoke to him right
1: yeah yeah so um literally i think last year with covid it was, it was a bit of a tough one for me especially like as a journalist to um to kind of get to different events get to places see people see things and then i had a project that needed doing uh for university and i was like bang this is because obviously don't feel like i say it enough but big mma fan as well um and i, I was like finally i can i have a I have a platform i have direction to um to go and do a cover mma for the first time so i hit up gracie Derby." Amazing gym, amazing people, I cannot speak highly of that place enough. Like, especially as a as a um, budding journalist, you kind of I I don't know if it's the same with everyone, obviously, but I get a bit anxious. You, but get also, a bit, get yeah, you with,
0: appreciate two things: you appreciate the kindness that they yeah. give you when you're there, and the access that they give you. Definitely,
1: that and that that was it, and and they both of those were like that is a, literally the two things i worry about and they let me get all angles to the gym for filming interviewing everything and i was able to you know i had alan um i had summer jared the list goes on of the people that were in there um just coming up and like offering themselves for an interview man it was great um
0: and it makes such a difference doesn't it to, yeah. to the actual interview itself i mean this is where like the middleman aspect of our podcast comes into play and this Definitely. is the perspective we can give you on what it's like to be a journalist when you're interviewing these people. Yeah but it's like you say I remember with Jamie Ward who's a Derby and Nottingham Forest legend Northern Ireland legend really big name in football and he plays for Buxton now down the road mm. and when they had their cup run I interviewed him and I wasn't nervous but something went wrong with the technology yeah. and the whole we, we lost the whole interview at Radio Derby Did you? but something you don't forget is he was kind enough to then come back on uh, like he put his baby to bed he came back on we did the whole interview and it again, again yeah. and, it, and he gave you that time it's the small things you don't forget and then and then you see them at the game and they refer to you by name and it's the really small things that as a yeah. journalist make a massive difference definitely
1: and and you do you definitely need that like when you're going into the, those situations you kind of because you're nervous yourself but they might not like know that especially uh, athletes kind of don't really think about it they're just there to do their interview and it's, it's part of their job you know fair enough I, I'd be the same but then like people like that kind of just put you at ease do you know what I mean and that kind of helps you be able to um conduct your interview better you put more into a relaxed mind state relaxed headspace and that's kind of that's exactly uh, where you want to be before an interview and um yeah the, the guys at, at Gracie Barrow are like that as well they gave me like so much time to set up like let me just just all, all relaxing in and um, you know fair play shout out to uh, Jamie Ward for that as well that's, that's a top thing to do you won't find many athletes that'll do that you know come back on to do an interview they'll say oh you know not, not, not my problem and, exactly. then, and then leave it but um, yeah no, top man for that
0: well top man in Jamie Ward top man in Alan Barron yeah. here's what he had to say to you
2: A um, I started back in Poland, Japanese jiu-jitsu, and when I was a kid, I did a little bit of karate. And then I started here doing president jiu-jitsu. And then after a few months, I moved to LMA, got a few BJJ clones at first, and I had a amazing hero. Didn't in BJJ's. Yeah. What made you choose Gracie Baradar? Why is this the right fit for you, and why, why is it kept you here for seven years? Uh, being honest, it's close to my house. Stick with it because okay, be really nice. <laughs> um, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, So, obviously, you know, that's, that's a one that I was yeah. nice to make sure that that looks good on you. Um, what are your, going into the future now, what would you say your plans and goals and what, what do you want to achieve in this book? Um, I would love to move on the programs probably next year and uh, late, late probably. Yeah. Defend the title at yeah. this once, twice. maybe get under the title, I do I'm uh, sure what like call my team, because I had two fights. Most of my fights were better than one of them. And then, yeah, we've got UFC, UFC belt in, a like few years. Yeah. What well, have been your inspirations, you know, coming up and, and training? You uh, I was just talking to someone then about kind of an inspiration for us right now. It's uh, Leon Edwards, you know. As, as a British person, you can kind of uh, look back and, and be encouraged and inspired by him. What would you say you uh, this uh, mean, That's a I've never really had someone like a fighter. I have mean, like, you know, been to a like, person like, like Dominic Cruz for like and obviously a legendary Polish power. You I'm know, so well, very upset about that, but yeah, back to a favorite fighter and just engage with you, that's a the gym, was crazy, and I was going to say, get out some first, I my favorite fighter. This is where you're training. This is where you're at, and this, like MMA, globally is just becoming uh, a monster sport, really, really popular. Um, and especially now in the UK, I feel like they're, they're having their moment now. Um, can you speak on that? And, and kind of, are you, you happy to be being a be, be part of a movement? That's um, has been really popular. Oh yeah, yeah, like, the more people you want, know, who's up here, as a should be I so, like, finally, like, we're getting some recognition. You know, so, that's a lot that I've So, you know, take down this, so, you know. Like, while said, he might, I don't know, you know, so, mm-hmm. even the Grand Rapop, but he got a similar adapt. So, from the U.K., and is gonna be like that. So, like, yeah, well, you know, when I was looking for the, the chance to go, and popular uh, this, uh, this, this sport is getting. And um, just finally, uh, a word on if anyone was um, coming into the sport and, you know, there's as, as kids' classes broken not i have just to show you how many people are trying to get in. Are um, they uh, eager to learn this sport? What would you say to someone? let just start out, We do think start now. Uh, just think about what we don't have to many people do. I need to personally experience, boxing experience, music experience. Do you really have this sport? Like, what's the cost of life?
0: So, there was Alan Barron speaking to Max about the MMA world, which you're very familiar with, as yes. you said before. Alan's interview. You're a massive, massive fan of M- M- MMA.
1: It, yeah, it was it was nice as well because obviously, kind of the the only MMA exposure I get, and, and you kind of get as as a, a British fan is just the UFC. Digest a lot of that, um which is good. But then going actually going to a gym and watching people train and, and watching people live it, smelling the coffee. Yeah, smelling the coffee, and then <laughs> you know it, it kind of gives you a, a different perspective. You actually watch them run through drills that you see in the fights um you know the the training's great and it, it, gives, it gives you a whole whole new perspective like uh, a football journalist going to watch um well, any a, a training session train, yeah it, like,
0: when you go behind closed doors let me tell you it's something very very special and you yeah. get to see what well no one else gets to see i mean it's off very often the media don't even get to see it it's like yeah. you're lucky to be there it is um,
1: is really good access um and yeah no alan's a great guy uh, great talking to him, funny guy as well to be fair and, um, yeah, what, what what a time that was, uh, 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 covering MMA.
0: Yeah, we wish him luck, Alan. Same with uh, Fraser. And, yes, like, hopefully, we'll get some more Fraser Clark content coming our way in the next month. He's got his debut on the 19th of February. I, I said earlier, I wanted to mention Lauren Price, uh, one of Fraser Clark's teammates in, in uh, Tokyo 2020 uh, with uh, Team GB oh, from Wales. I'm yeah. guessing that's why you're <laughs> smiling. Um, <laughs> and uh, well, she won middleweight gold in, in Tokyo last summer, and I think she perhaps doesn't get you know, the the credit she deserves mm. and she's got an MBE in the New Year's Honours list so yeah. really happy for her because I think she deserves everything coming her way and she, she seems like a really nice girl who's got her head screwed on and has clearly got a lot of talent
1: yeah um, unreal talent unreal personality from from what I've seen of her uh, haven't seen too much but this is the thing this is the thing uh, the 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 gap with, with uh, women and men right now in boxing I mean it's going to be like this in, in most sports for a while do you know what I mean but they should not be... You know, women that are doing things like that, they should not be denied. They should not be... Not given the media exposure they deserved. Do you know what I mean? I feel like Lauren should be covered straight away. Mm. Um, I think, I think to be fair, certain publications have, have been uh, good to her and, and given her enough. But I feel like, overall, she she deserves more because what she accomplished was huge. Um, massive for, for Team GB and obviously massive for Wales as well. I'd, I I was even when i was back home spending time in wales i feel like people weren't talking about it enough i was like this is you know this could be like your next
0: But that's also yeah part of our job is to raise yeah raise as journalists is to to raise the platform and to to not be ignorant or arrogant enough to to ignore these people because perhaps well i think the whole mindset is people don't care that that comes down to us as journalists. We gotta make and, them and, care. And, uh, quite, and, and we you deter- will care, you will care. <laughs> and, and we determine whether they care or not. And that's yeah, for yeah sure. And big responsibility we've got in our job. So definitely, you're right. Um, that's why I like talking about people like Lauren. And mm. I'm glad she's doing well. Um, we'll stay with boxing for a bit, and we'll go to Australia where it's all be kicking off in sport anyway. The land under. I'm gonna edit that a bit. I'm gonna put that <laughs> right. <to> start. Um, <laughs> Bob Arum who, who says a lot Bob Arum yeah for a uh,
1: very old man he uh, he has a very young mouth
0: yes he does uh, and he said that Vasyl Lomachenko's first choice fight is to challenge George Kambosos Jr mm. and that talks are underway now that's that's like the biggest bit of that the talks are actually underway oh, yeah. which I don't know um, first off very quickly um, because I'm really fed up of hearing about Novak Djokovic and if we're going to talk about it let's get it over <laughs> and done with Whilst we're on Australia, yeah. I have no sympathy for the guy. Yeah. Um, Get the vaccine. Stop thinking you're above everyone else. Yeah, uh, he's been deported. He's not playing in the open. And to be honest, I'm quite it's right. True. If if yeah. they're the rules of the land, then respect them. Yeah, don't I mean, go and, don't go over there and try and barge your way in with special papers that. It, for for me, it's either simplest. I'm not. Yeah, we don't live as our good friend Nair Hickman always says we don't live in North Korea you know, I'm not, <laughs> not forcing anyone I'm not preaching yeah, yeah but if yeah. you go over there then you've just got to respect the rules of the land yeah it's
1: it's it's a shame that we've you know the, the world's come to a place where you have to have things like a, a vaccine that people don't always trust to um to enter the country but you know that that is the time we live in we either have to accept it or we, we're not allowed there so you know just because obviously Djokovic is just an unbelievable tennis player yeah obviously. for me he's, goes, he's one of the best athletes. yeah um goes without saying but do you know what I mean that doesn't mean just because of what you've accomplished in your career you can just bypass the laws of uh, the laws of the land you know what I mean so you, you have to uh you have to respect it and I guess he hasn't respected it in in, in his free will and that's that's the the decisions that um Decisions that affect you as an athlete nowadays is it's, it's a shame that it has to be that way but it is and um, if you can't accept them you've got to get out
0: well, there you go Djokovic talk ticked off the list yes, sorted done. let's move on from let's uh get proper Australian sport. exactly from <laughs> uh, from, from, from jocko to uh, Lomachenko mm. and yeah like, well, like we were saying wants to fight George Kambosos Jr for me you look at Cambosos, and I know he's he's been uh, beaten the likes of sorry I know um, Lomachenko's beaten the likes of Anthony Corolla yeah. And he beat Richard Comey. Um mm-hmm. but there's no stopping Cambos. I mean, this guy stands mm. on top of the world. He upset Teofima Lopez. He's got every major belt in the most thrilling lightweight division. First off, um Aaron has to clear the COVID problems anyway. Yeah. Like like with Djokovic, he's yeah, got to yeah. see to all of that. Even if they do, I know Lama's a former three division world champion. A lot of people think, and this is what we talked about earlier, he's a bigger name than Devin Haney, but yeah. he ain't beating George Cambosos.
1: Don't think Lomachenko's doing it? No. Nah. nah. No. I, I feel like he, he's found his form again. I feel like the Lopez loss is just a little hiccup in his career. Do you see the way he's bounced back to that with, with two wins, two TKO wins, Nakatani and Komi, the like top contenders of the lightweight division, put himself right back on the pedestal. Um, And it and the way he's performed after the Lopez loss has kind of made me think, yeah, that if... Was to rematch Lopez, he would beat him, especially seeing how Lopez performed in the Cambosas match. Yep. But this is this is right pretend that Cambosas it like Cambosas and Loma are going to fight and not Cambosas Haney. This is a fun fight because it's the typical Lomachenko lost to Lopez, Cambosas beat Lopez. So, by that logic, Cambosas must beat Lomachenko, but it does it barely ever works, barely ever works like that. Um, it's never that so it just makes it so 50-50 but as you said Lomachenko will be flying right now but Lopez was flying in his confidence in his preparation in his training up to Cambosas and still lost I would like to think that I know that Cambosas and Lopez are two different people and Cambosas will you know uh, perform like he did in his last fight in his next fight as well um, but you you never know, and Lomachenko can neutralize whatever game plan you want to do. Still have to respect how good this man is, um, and I feel like even if he doesn't beat Cambosis, he will win another world title before he retires because um, he just is that good. But it will be interesting. It will be f- like it'll be a, it will be. This is this is why Cambosis' nickname is ferocious because it will be a ferocious fight. He he goes there, just brings the fire inside the pocket, throws heavy, fast exchanges, and. um I mean, going toe to toe with Lomachenko is, is never easy, but going toe to toe with Cambos is never easy either. So, and I feel like Cambos has has brought himself into that discussion now, especially when last year we were talking about the four kings of uh, who are they? The four kings of the lightweight division, right? Uh, who are we calling them? Haney, Lopez, um, uh, Tank Davis, and Ryan Garcia. Ryan Garcia, Tank Davis, right? I don't know if Ryan Garcia is going to come back to lightweight currently Tank is not competing a lightweight. And hmm. I've got Devin Haney, and he's the only one out of those four with a title at that weight now. He's the only one that's kind of stayed relevant through that
0: discussion. Well, that's why people want him fighting George yeah. Cavosas.
1: Well, I mean, to be fair, right, so uh, as you were saying, with Lomachenko being a bigger name than Haney, definitely feel like he would probably bring more money and more um, numbers to the fight. But, I mean, when you're talking about money as a boxer, you're going to be... You're gonna wanna, you're gonna want that, aren't you? Don't don't really blame people for that. But for Haney, right? Lomachenko brings no title on the line. Haney brings the only title on the line that Cambosis does not have. Cambosas doesn't have the title. He's one title, one world title away from becoming undisputed champion.
0: So why would he want to fight Loma?
1: If you're not gonna fight for that, you're not. You just shouldn't be in boxing. That should be the fight that you want. It should be the glory that you're going for, not the money. Lomachenko, make your beat beat Haney and make your first undisputed um, title defence against Lomachenko that that is that's the way to go Aram hold off for a year (laughs) let Cambosas fight Haney in Australia where Cambosas deserves it Um, and and let's get an undisputed champion because we're only one world title away why would the other champions bother around fighting people that don't have a title when you can make this fight happen and make another division undisputed this is what I'm saying about boxing the direction that it's going in needs to be doing these things like like making the divisions undisputed that's what people want to see
0: well listen we're having this conversation because of something bob arum said and, yeah, and that's yeah, what, that's that's, that's the only thing we've got to remember that <laughs> this, this is something bob arum said right so yeah
1: uh, it, you gotta take it with a pinch of salt it, you right?
0: have but uh, equally he's creating exciting conversation and that's yeah. what boxing needs um Definitely. from exciting conversation then with bob arum a, a, a businessman who uh, knows his stuff and mm to 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 a conversation t- about businessmen who perhaps don't know their stuff Do not know their stuff let's let, let's talk about football and yeah. we need to talk about derby county yeah obviously it's a very sensitive subject so so yeah. all I'm going to say is that derby county football club has a soul like no other i've ever come across in football mm. but unfortunately there are too many people who want to rip that beating heart out of out of a club who've contributed more to the football league i i think than most others in the top four divisions from Steve Bloomer to Brian Clough even now to Tom Lawrence and and Wayne Rooney the history of Derby alone is something so special and they're a founding member of the Football League yes they've been very poorly run and I I understand to an extent the frustrations that some people feel but the way the whole situation is being handled is it's completely unfair on the fans yeah Derby, a way too big a club to fold. It's it's unthinkable. Derby going into liquidation and folding, and we're not far off that. And, and I hope someone comes in, and not only with deep pockets, but with a heart, with someone who genuinely cares for a, a very special football club to a lot of people. And what what comforts me is is, is this: too shall pass." That's a phrase I often use. I often remember. I think it's the only way you can take comfort with Derby at the moment is this two shall pass whatever the outcome eventually this nightmare will end mm. um, but it's how it ends and the, the I think the fact that Wayne Rooney at the helm actually provides a lot of comfort I think Rooney whatever way this ends up it, even if he, if he if he keeps them up if he doesn't and that's, that's we'll talk about Derby's on-pitch performances he'll go down in the history books but for a team like Derby to be Derby at the moment are a wounded animal the, the Rams are wounded And for people to be taking Unnecessary shots at Derby um, and Everyone knows who those people are It's It just feels wrong for me And it's it's just, it's it's really sad actually um, and Obviously I've become Closer and closer with the club And this is why it's kind of like Consumed my life for the last couple of months It's been longer than the last couple of months But It's sad for me Um I hope it's all resolved. I hope someone comes in with very deep pockets, with a genuine passion, a genuine care for the club, and that the whole nightmare can be over. That some sympathy, some empathy is shown from others around around the world of football, uh, in the world of football. I hope that th- this petition that's been signed, it's got to Parliament now, or I don't know if, I don't know if the petition has, but it's been spoken about in Parliament now, and um, it, it just needs to stop. Derby need help the situation needs to stop and we need to talk about what's happening on the pitch as well as off it Um, because it's also a little frustrating to see everything the Brunis achieved so far completely overshadowed and understandably so obviously um, by what's going on so let's go on to a more positive subject that Derby County could do the impossible and I think if Derby stayed up from I think it was minus 21 points whatever the deduction was it would be more impressive than Leicester winning the league yeah Ooh. that's my yeah. statement I believe it
1: no I I, I I might have to agree I don't know if it's recency bias right now just because seeing what I think Derby it's a great doing, miracle but it is it's, it's it's massive isn't it it is huge I think obviously the accomplishment of Leicester and the premise is bigger but in terms of how hard it was to do either of those things I, I I would have to say probably Derby as well Uh, staying up is a joke but if you guys haven't signed that petition that Noah was alluding to um, about was it the investigation into the EFL.
0: Yeah, it's, it's all of it, really. Yeah. Um, it's, so, it's, a, it's, it's so it's so complicated, complicated it's so complex. It?
1: Yeah. It's just, all we know that is that it's, it's a mess and the owners have have got them into the mess <laughs> yeah. and they're, they're not doing much to get them out of it. Only Wayne Rooney and the, and the players are, are just doing what they can do and just play and just try and win as many games as possible and, and try and stop it from happening, keep the club up. But if you guys haven't signed that petition it would help the club massively in the words of uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang sign the ting
0: <laughs> sign uh, the ting sign
1: the ting <laughs> literally sign that um, I did myself because you know e- like you, you, hear, you hear Noah talk there and that's not even that's not even a Derby fan do you know what I mean so so for the Derby fans that are actually going through this the the, the emotions they must be feeling you know because people like to say oh yeah but like why would you why would you let you
0: I, I saw a tweet from a guy that lost their dad during Covid it's like first I've lost my dad and now I'm about to lose my club and people so I I do some stuff at Radio Derby and people call in sometimes and and you get some people that simply call in just for a chat and they just want to chat and all they have is Derby they have us and they have Derby and if Derby were to go, I mean, it's such a massive part. Every, every football club, like, it's a massive part of someone's life. I was going to
1: say, people don't talk about enough how important that, like, people. some people just think it's a game, but it is a massive... It is, like, people kind of depend on it for, for like, happiness and, and their life is... You know, people might call it sad, but people won't, don't understand it. Do you know what I mean? Like if if you're you're brought up into the club, into loving a club, into loving football and, and that's your life, do you know what I mean? It'd be it'd be the same with me if, if boxing was taken away from me in, in some form or another. Mm. I guess it's different with football clubs, but like this 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 will ruin a, a whole fan base that have put so much support recently as well. So much support into into their club and um try to just do what they can to, to get them out of this mess. it's it's really commendable and um yeah, I you know my condolences and my compassion is there for the derby fans because they must be going through it right now
0: they must be and just one more story on on how much teams can mean to what well, clubs and teams can mean to people it was the first game back when fans were allowed back in grounds i covered watford i can't remember who they were playing but i was doing interviews outside the ground for local radio and watford and i interviewed this guy who just watford football club vicarage road is right next to watford general hospital and this guy like battled with leukaemia and this was his first time back at football like everyone else and he said the only thing that kept him going was Watford mad, and it's it's mad. like these stories it's how much clubs actually mean to people like you just said there Yeah. so it's, it, well, it's,
1: it's not talked about enough when it
0: comes to football how, how much uh
1: it matters to people and, and that you know they are the heart and soul of football as well and, uh, they are I, I respect it that's that's a huge story as well I, I really like that one
0: it, it's a good one mm. and um, it's something that will always stay with me yeah for sure but, and it's what it's what happens on the pitch as much as what happens off it so let's go on to your club yeah and a player who <laughs> absolutely needs in my view needs to be on the pitch needs yeah. to be in a red shirt for Liverpool who Max supports But he wants 400k a week His name's Mo Salah Have you heard of him? Probably have Um, (laughs) I have no idea (laughs) Who's that guy So yeah 400k a week he wants Um, Mm. I agree I I can't believe I I agree that (laughs) I agree that anyone Should be earning 400k a week To play football But You've got to pay him that That's That's the 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 competitive rate That's the climate we're in Um, You have to yeah, I mean,
1: the 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 most comical thing out of this situation is the fact that he said, "I'm not asking for much." <laughs> he said in the interview. <laughs> that, yes, it like, was his agent that yeah. said he's not asking for much. He's, not, he's like, Liverpool understand the situation. He's not asking for much. I mean, if you're an Egyptian king, you got you got to like run a whole country. Got to see? live like so a king. 400k a week. You got got to sort that out. But seriously, um, I've got to laugh or I'll cry because anyway, to do it. I can't, can't can't let this man go. But this is this is the problem with um, how our owners run as well, and I think it's just the pride of the club. I don't know whether to whether to stick with pride and say we're not going to bend or break our budget for you, or
0: but then you risk losing the best player you have. Yeah, well, and uh, we've seen yeah. the impact. He's at Afcon doing very well, scoring mm-hmm. some good goals for Egypt. Um, He's uh, the man. He's the best, best player through, in the world. Yeah, putting them right through the tournament.
1: It would be it would be stupid. I think there are times that you shouldn't break and bend a budget. But when you have, when you have, in my opinion, you the best player in the world sure. at your club, you have to make exceptions. This is a time where you just should. You just should do it. You just should. Um, but we have owners that probably think otherwise as well. So we really don't know how it's going to end up. Um, they don't like to put a lot of money in our club. They like to put it in American hockey teams and American baseball, which is great. Great you for know, them. I, yeah. I, I love, I love my my football club being third on a priority list of uh of what my owners want to put their money into. Really, really frustrating that that's that's the way it is. But you know you can't have it all. I can't have an amazing, can't have the best player in the world and then really good owners at the same time. Do you know what I mean? So um, so I'm I'm grateful we got Salah, and I need to stay grateful that we got him because I don't know how long he's gonna be here anymore, and I'm scared to lose him. We like I, I'm scared to see whether club will end up without him. I don't think it will go. Too far, but like he is our our hopes and our, our main way of gaining a trophy in these next few years. You
0: can look at it in a way, in a positive way. When Aguero left City, I know it's slightly different because he was older. Yeah. But they've they're eleven points clear of Liverpool and twelve of Chelsea at the moment without a striker Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, absolute. It's a joke.
1: There's no way we're, we're replicating that success without Salah. Yeah. Like, cause he's is especially this season. He's our main like he's our main guy but when we were winning like the Prem and the the Champions League he was like kind of part of it but now he's taken he's kind of taken over just stepped into a whole different form I think um I think I think he's just do you know what I mean doing something different different in his career now something that he's never done before just stepping up the levels and um that's, that means that he's way too too much of a valuable player to lose.
0: And so my, my advice to Salah, going off that, like mm. you said, he's at. Listen uh, up, Mo. Mo, <laughs> if you're listening, right, <laughs> going off what you said there, he's at a stage where he's never been in his career. Mm. And he's at the stage now where Coutinho got with Liverpool. Yeah, yeah Where yeah. Sanchez got with Arsenal. Where Benteke got with Villa. Yeah. And it happens every single season. Where uh, Payet got with West Ham. Yeah and the list really that's I so promise true. you goes on That's so true. and he's at a stage now where if he leaves or if he's thinking about leaving you look at Alexis Sanchez okay he scored for Inter against Juventus uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, last that, week that big... what else have you heard of Sanchez other than that in the last yeah. year right look that's at yeah. Sanchez where he was at the Emirates they had pictures of his dogs around the stadium <laughs> they adored that yeah, man yeah, yeah. and if he stayed they would have built a, a statue for him I think that's what Kane's kind of going for it. Spurs and he wants to leave But that's probably also In the back of his mind If he stays He gets the the hero Shearer Legendary status
1: This is what Klopp Was saying to Coutinho When he was leaving He was like You either Do you know what I mean You either stay here And become a legend Obviously Salah's already a legend But you you stay here And Cement that And and you just You cement it But you you keep You keep going as well You bring the club to new heights Or you go Probably become irrelevant As you mentioned All those players that have I don't think Salah's going to like reach the form that he's in right now at a different club. He wouldn't, right? You, you. So it's, it's, it's a choice, and I think it's a, when you look at it like that, it's a, such a straightforward choice. Like, Mo, don't go, bro. I, like, it's not like money's an issue. He just wants more of it. It's not like he's but broke, again. This like, is where I the greed, the
0: greed comes into football with player agents <gasps> and the people. I've said this since we began podcasting. Yeah. The people around footballers are a massive part of the problem. Yeah. Um, uh, and in fairness to Coutinho, now he's gone to Villa. Yeah, certainly, uh, yeah, yeah. he yeah, he's obviously scored in Yeah, resurrected. Scored. He's comes up. He comes off the bench. Scores in, mm. in his first game. So I was,
1: I was a bit happy.
0: Uh, yeah, no, I was just happy, gonna say you've like. got you've got Steven Gerrard, your hero. Yeah. Philippe Coutinho in the same the same club at the moment. What, what are you thinking about it, Villa?
1: You, like I got a root for them now. Yeah, when yeah I'm, like, you have to play I'm like, yeah, go on, boys. But um, I to be fair, the the ethos, the ethic, the kind of atmosphere that Gerald's brought into the club is just straight away hit the ground running with it um we'll we'll see how he does when he when he hits a hard time with Villa that will kind of really speak true to his character because it's hard to it's even worse to hit a hard time being a Premier League manager but you know his business Dinier and and Coutinho straight away like he doesn't he doesn't mess about it's so good to see him in the Prem again as a a manager It's, it's amazing so um shout out to Gerard, absolutely just taking Villa by storm right now Coutinho once again talking about immediate impact that's exactly what he did goal and assist better better season than Sancho so far just in 22 minutes of football (laughs) uh. so yeah but you know I didn't like how how, uh, the thing ended with Coutinho as a Liverpool player um You know, got a bit sour in the end, especially how you're saying he wanted to leave for a trophy. But you know, we got our revenge by that, by actually winning the trophy. That's it
0: as well. If if Salah stays patient, because listen, listen here, right? Mm. When Pep Guardiola leaves Man City, they won't win the title for another couple of years. I think it's it's almost impossible for City to win anything if Pep leaves. Yeah, it it would be, it would be worse than Ferguson leaving United. It really would be. The style City play, it's impossible for anyone to come in and change that in a season
1: oh imagine imagine City suffering the same way United did after Ferguson but I
0: think they will not to the extent not to the extent but I think they will Um, and so that's where Salah has to think if I sit tight I will continue to win things at Liverpool definitely will I think he will will. Um, so there you go big one and and my team Chelsea have made no moves in the transfer window I think we've uh, renewed Silva's contract um, but we, we really haven't done a lot in terms of Chelsea Brighton we're recording on the 19th of Jan so yeah. Chelsea Brighton yeah, last the night, night before. Um, I watched them with a Brighton fan and quite rightly the Brighton fan was uh, you know, poking front of me the whole way through because Chelsea <laughs> Chelsea were playing like Brighton and Brighton were playing like European champions and it, mm. it shouldn't be that you're okay massive respect and hats off and all credit that goes to Graham Potter because he's done an amazing job at Brighton but um listen Chelsea can't be you can't be pinned back by a team like Brighton you can't yeah. be okay go a goal up then, then double the lead right yeah, and the amount of time I think Tammy uh, sorry not Tammy uh, Callum Hudson-Doy gets in the area hmm. square it to Mount Mount's in there pass it to Mount yeah, it's, and it's
1: his end product was, was poor wasn't it last night the, I, I feel like he's consistent with that as I well, he doesn't put it in the back of the net enough. no it's not just I Callum
0: Hudson-Doy it. though um, it's, it's all of um, them and,
1: and it's and, a and, clinical problem isn't it there is a problem about finishing in front of goal
0: there like, is and you know, Werner bless him he's come in <laughs> he's tried he hasn't really done anything yeah
1: I know they've they, they got like no game time I would anymore. have
0: started Havertz yes sir, I, don't, I like him I don't know why they keep bringing him off the bench Yeah, I know you can't I know you got Lukaku in there obviously Yeah, yeah. Lukaku didn't yeah. do anything
1: he- give Lukaku a second striker I think Lukaku and Werner's the the, the the way to go obviously I'm not a football manager but the way I, I look at the team I'm like you you need a second striker because he's absolutely what had eight touches in 80 minutes or something so like that like you, you, he needs extra support, and I think Timo's perfect for that because he's got the pace and he, he's 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 decent passer over the ball as well. I Don't think he, mm. like that's that's said enough about his game, but he can it, even the short simple. If passes, he could finish, he'd play be the, off him.
0: If he could finish, he'd be the best striker in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, yeah, can, yeah. But he would be. But he can't finish. He can't um, finish. So yeah, Tuchel also needs to stop making excuses that the team tied Every team in every the Premier League is tied right now. Every, every every team, yeah, shattered. They've had a a really rough run with COVID mm. and we could just talk about that all day of,
1: uh, coming off the back of Christmas fixtures as well that's always exactly like the, that. the busiest time of the season
0: so for, the, for those excuses to be coming out uh, game after game too many draws for Chelsea they're not going to win the title like I said Chelsea are 12 points off your lot are 11 points yeah. off Fi- finally we'll, we'll round off with this City yeah.
1: are they wrapped up the title already? yeah, yeah. God, it's, it's, it's done in there unfortunately i <laughs> a little naive and ignorant Max at the start of the season (laughs) was saying uh, City won't be in it it'll be uh, Chelsea Liverpool contending this year (laughs) (laughs) they're contending for second place at least but City just it's what happens isn't it their squad depth they just rotate I'm not I'm not I'm not using that as an excuse I feel like people just say oh they have enough squad depth so they just should win (laughs) like a lot of teams with the same squad depth wouldn't win they have Pep they have just players that just understand the system are used to winning like just really good winners now and just just know how to do that um, and I feel like I don't know. How, I don't know how this will be massive if they bottle it. I don't know how they would. They won't. They, they've. They've. The way they're getting results. The way they're grinding results out. Uh, they, they've got it wrapped up. Unfortunately, I hate to concede another season to Man City, but this is it. This is. Do you know what I mean? When Liverpool are winning titles in a few years' time, you just say, "Look, I went through it." That's I'm, when you sit I'm, back I'm still while. happy about winning it a few years ago. To be honest, I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm not too bothered but it's just it's just annoying that it happens kind of like the same old but you've got to take your hats off to City they're just an incredible team
0: yeah you do uh, and they are an incredible team as of Fulham who are about to go into the Premier League they've oh, scored God. six goals what was what was in the, the, the the last three consecutive games they beat Birmingham it, 6-1 7-1 against
1: Reading half time's like 4-1 would not it yeah uh, to Fulham yeah they they
0: season. are an unbelievable outfit yeah. with Mitrovic who can only score in the Championship but then it, it, actually in yeah. fairness he didn't score against Birmingham but
1: <laughs> it's so strange, isn't it? Because you see how well Fulham are doing, and then they'll probably like give it a season or two. and They'll probably be back in the championship. It's just, I'm telling you, right? There needs to be a new league, the second division. Norwich, with about five Fulham, teams.
0: Watford, Bournemouth. Literally, yeah. all of them. All of them.
1: That's there. You're right. Yeah, it's it's got to be done because there's so many. There's like West Brom as well. Could probably jump into it. Spurs. There's, there's t- Spurs there's too many that just bounce bounce around and that's like their middle ground but uh, it's funny to see it's funny to see just Fulham destroy teams and then get humbled in the prem but it's, it is what it is it's, uh championship's good to watch as well um, I'm more focused on Derby than I am Fulham hopefully yeah. they stay up that would just be insane um, but fair play to Fulham as well they are a bit good aren't they?
0: they They are sick um, but we're with you Rams fans uh, yes. of course it, it's a terrible terrible time for, for any Derby County fan so uh, yeah. we're with you all the way on that one and that wraps it up for this week. Yeah, really good, much needed chat about football, boxing. Yeah. Uh, some good things to look forward to as well. For me, it's Fraser Clark's debut. Yeah, in it's a month today, a month so a month on. There's, yeah, today recording. Said, some some big
1: boxing uh, coming up next month as well. You got Liam Williams, who we've spoken to as well. Uh, Chris Eubank, they're they're fighting each other on the fifth, I believe. Um, so a, a lot of good stuff to look forward to in boxing. Uh, in February a lot of good stuff to look forward to in football probably every week there's always some story coming out. biggest sport in the world but um, yeah boxing and football alike is huge and um, if I can I'm going to start bringing some more MMA content in guys hopefully you enjoyed the uh the alan Barron interview as well there should be more where that came from um you know is a great sport it'd be great to kind of bring it into the conversation a lot more in these episodes as well and uh yeah just just let us know Also, you can reach out to us through our instagrams and um let us know let us know if you want to see more mma we'll uh we'll definitely we'll definitely work around that but yeah thank you for listening again um Great great New Year's, New Years chat start starting a year off right in it. Absolutely. Talking about all things boxing and football and um yeah, up the rams. Hopefully they stay up. <laughs> up the rams. <laughs> <laughs>